0: welcome back to the 4Filmsway Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheet and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Thelma. Thelma. But before we do any of that, ketchup. Ketchup, the mustard,
1: condiments. the condiments. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, hell yeah. People give...
0: A, I've been getting a lot of shit. Lately, for liking mayonnaise, people are people are against mayonnaise.
1: Yes, as you should be, mayonnaise is bullshit.
0: I I love mayonnaise. It's good. It tastes good.
1: There was a um, there was this lady I was listening to her podcast. I can't remember which one what it was. She's a Mm -hmm. Korean lady, and she said, and um, the reason this came out is because there was a this new ice cream, a mayonnaise flavored ice cream. (laughs) I read about that. she she says in uh, in Korea they have um things called American style, Mm -hmm. and whenever things is American style, it just means that it's there's heavy mayonnaise on it. So she was like, you can get a pizza American style. And what that is, is they just replace the cheese with mayonnaise. Yeah.
0: That's fucking, that's a lot. That's a
1: lot to ask. You can get a burger American style. And she said, it's just like heavy mayonnaise all over it. So she was like, that's what they think of American style. They just put mayonnaise on everything. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they're not wrong. (laughs) Like, oh no, mayonnaise. But
0: you replace the cheese with mayo? With mayo, yeah. Ah, that yeah. makes me uncomfortable. I, mean, I, can't I don't do it. like that. Mm-mm. I might have to reconsider this whole mayonnaise thing. Would you,
1: would you do the mayonnaise ice cream?
0: I would try it. Mm. I would see what it what it does. Yeah. But I'm I'm I, I'm sure it's vile. Yeah, I can't. Just because like tex- texturally, yeah. like maybe not flavor wise, but texturally, it's like. Mm. Also, mayonnaise by itself isn't fucking good. You know, no. like I don't. I'm not gonna eat a spoonful of fucking mayo. You would, would
1: you Would you eat a spoonful of like a a teaspoonful of mustard? No, not regular mustard, like a a, a nice mustard.
0: Like, like like whole grain mustard. Mm. Like that's fine. Yeah, I feel yeah. like mustard is great. Mustard, yeah. Tomato sauce is great. Yeah. Mayonnaise isn't. Mm. <laughs> can't, I can't do I can't do yeah. a spoonful
1: of mayonnaise. Can't do that.
0: No no, no a spoonful of mayonnaise would be. I could do a spoonful of mustard. It would be awful. Yeah yeah, it won't be great. Your mouth will be will burn a little bit because yeah. it's so tart. Yeah. But you'll be all right. Be you all right. won't be disgusted and probably not gonna vomit. Right. <laughs> I feel like with mayonnaise, you're absolutely gonna vomit if yeah. you do eat a spoonful of it. Yeah. That's not be disgusting. Good. Yeah. Nah, mayonnaise ice cream, maybe not for me. No.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, how about I went to something I've been anticipating for about six months now?
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you. how nice. to go?
1: Uh the Book of Mormon. Um, it was so good.
0: Really? Nice. It was
1: amazingly good. I mean it's um it's all I knew was that it was the creators of South Park and it's about the Mormon religion, which they were raised in, right. and it's a satire of them making fun of it. And, like, yes. any time that I can get in on someone making fun of something that is, like, um, it doesn't have to be religion, but definitely religion, I'm onto that, if you're making fun of something mm-hmm. like that. But anything that's just, like, so ingrained in um, in society, if you want to turn that on its head, and it doesn't mean what, it could be anything, but, like, okay, this is capitalism, let's make fun of that. Right. You know, so anything that is just, like, ingrained in society of this is the way that we should be living, or this this is the way that it is mm-hmm. and anybody that wants to flip that on his head i am there <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. but um but yeah it was it was really really good um uh just no, no spoilers because i mean it's going to be running for another 10 years i'm sure oh yeah but, uh, i mean has
0: it it's been running for like almost like, like a decade. six or
1: seven yeah. Oh, yeah close to 10 years already yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, there was a lot of black people in the cast, and when you look at it, it was like Book of Mormon, there's going to be nothing but full white people. Yeah, yeah, but, um, But the Mormon people, they go over to Uganda, Africa, to try to convert um, the Africans into the, the Mormon you know, a religion, and that's where the um, hilarity ensues, about the situation. Okay. But yeah, it's um, a very, very, very good play. Um, I highly recommend it whenever it comes to your area or when it comes back to Charlotte. Yeah. It was really good.
0: Fuck yeah! I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I haven't been to a lot of theater plays, and I wanna I wanna go to some.
1: I haven't been in a while. Like mm-hmm. I haven't been since high school, but I mean, this is it was it was really cool. It's was, it a was straight musical, and it's so nice for people our age, you mm-hmm. know, because it was written by people that were was our age at the time. You right. know, like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, Matt and Trey uh, Parker, and I forgot the other guy's name. Matt something and Trey Parker
0: Matt Gro- no, that Matt- sounds, yeah but yeah, you know what I'm
1: talking about though. yeah but yeah when they wrote this they Matt were ra- Stone. Matt Stone hell yeah. yeah they were around our age when they were when they were writing this 10 to 15 years ago so the language reflects the way that we talk currently you know so so like in the music reflects there's so many fucks and I've, I've got maggots in my ass <laughs> you know there's so much of that kind of dialogue and the way that people speak to where it always keeps you interested and engaged with what's going on on the, on the stage Okay, you know because it's not all the it's not Shakespeare and Juan Dr with shores of sota you know like none of that just, you know, it, it just it looks it, it sounds amazing it looks really good and it keeps you entertained so Fuck I mean, yeah highly recommend
0: hell yeah for good plays i've been wanting to watch the mormon like the the book of mormon and mm-hmm. there's a there's an avenue q play avenue q yeah they're 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 in the same vein of satireism. satirism mm-hmm. But the Avenue Q one just, like, never really had a rerun after its original rerun. What is
1: that Avenue Q? It's...
0: I, I don't know what to... I don't know how to explain it. It's just people taking the piss out of, like... They're oh. the ones that have the song, The Internet is for Porn. Oh, nice. They're, they're, they made that song, and oh. it's, like, a thing in their play. Yeah. And... So I've been wanting to catch Avenue Q in the Book of Mormon. I feel like those are like two of the classics. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I don't think, I don't think Avenue Q is going to happen. But oh. Book of Mormon, I might have to catch that in the next 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. It keeps running.
1: I, I feel <laughs> like what's going to happen is um, five years from now, there's just going to be a movie, Book of Mormon movie. Yeah, you know, I am gonna get, get see.
0: I, w- I would be concerned about that. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I if I let that happen. If I was the owner of the Book of Mormon rights, they're gonna
1: do it. I yeah. mean, it's just there's just so much money out there to be made. I mean, sure. yeah. By the time the play stops running, I mean, same thing happened with um a broad. What's the movie Bronx Hill? You know, starts off with a play. It was like, all right, I'm just kind of run towards. Let's do a movie, or uh, the movie Fences. It was like, all right, we ran this play with this play. Let's let's yeah, get the a a movie. Yeah. So it's like, and you can tell. I think you even had an issue with the movie Fences. Like, okay, it's not a bad movie, but this clearly was made for the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so There's it's a like,
0: lot of monologue in, mm-hmm. in Fences. Yep, yep. It's just way too much of it. Yep, yeah.
1: I mean, it's like as i was saying, like these plays are very good, but you kind of see what happens when you take these things that are meant to be for the stage and put them in a movie. Just when you're trying to squeeze everything you can out of that lemon or yeah. orange or whatever the metaphor, or
0: whatever citrus fruit <laughs> <preference>. <laughs> yeah you <exactly. laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: My uh, oddly enough, my favorite, uh, like stage play adaptation into a movie yeah. is ha- David Tennant's like starring as Hamlet. Mm, oh yeah. yeah That's a yeah. fucking cool mm. adaptation of Hamlet. Nice. I fucking love Hamlet. Hamlet's was, dope. Yeah. I was, I was geeking out about Hamlet yesterday. It's yeah. fucking lit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I, I don't think I've seen anything this week. I've been busy as shit yeah. this week. I think the last movie I saw, I, I rewatched Sorry to Bother You.
1: Oh, you've yeah. seen it again? Yeah, I Sheesh. saw it again. I saw it
0: twice. With Jonathan? Uh, no, with Jonathan the second no, time. that's what I thought. John the second thought. time I saw it because <laughs> I was in <laughs> That's
1: right, Jonathan.
0: <laughs> the second time I saw it in Hillsborough when mm-hmm. we were shooting the short film that I'm working on right, right. now. Yeah. And uh, we just had a we had like a whole afternoon, so we just went to oh, go eat and saw the fucking movie again. Okay. And listen, I still think it's a fucking fantastic movie. I, I still think after a second watch, I, I think the movie is even more. I think should be more commended for doing something so outrageous. Nice. In like, because we're in a culture where cinema either has to be weird, mm. or it has to be interesting. Okay. In order to get, like, a rise out of people that normally watch, like, the mainstream blockbuster thing Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I I just feel, like, I love the movie because it's weird and interesting. Okay. But I hate the people's reaction to having watched the movie. Hmm. That is something that I find myself struggling with more and more. I feel cinematically disconnected from a lot of people around me. yeah. Uh, In terms of, like, because the movie, like, just making fun of, like, the, you know, capitalism and, and sort of viral... Commentary and viral structure mm-hmm. and YouTube and all that it's like it's, like, it's a silly movie but it, it does a lot of really clever commentating mm-hmm. but then there's a there's a thing that happens in the movie that I don't want to tell you Yeah. Uh, there's a thing that happens in the movie and then people fixate on that thing the entire time after that thing happens yeah. and then they walk out of the movie going like what the fuck was that <laughs> and, 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 and and I go like, Did you not watch the entirety of this movie? Yeah. There is a whole nother hour before that thing that's saying everything that this thing this is the punchline mm-hmm. to a joke that you're clearly not a part of.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so I've been struggling with that sentiment for a while. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's something and
1: I, I I I've seen that before not the movie but um how people relate to things differently than I'll relate to something. There'll be like an artist or a, a song or a, a book or a movie, right. and then it's and when something is smart enough and both entertaining enough to cross over to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's like you'll get one group of people who understands how intelligent this thing is, and the the other group of people that understands how fun and entertaining it is, right. and completely miss the boat on the other half. Yeah, you know, so you feel like your group in with this group of people and half of them have no idea what they even just watch right. they're happy that they watch it and they love that it's very good but they can't explain anything about it whatsoever yes yeah
0: that's a that's a weird that's a thing that i'm struggling with emotionally i just yeah. don't know how to handle that conversation yeah because then you're the weird guy talking about the weirdest thing in the movie and giving it some sort of anti-capitalism socialist agenda yeah <laughs> and then suddenly you're the one sitting in the back seat of the car going like what the people are going what the fuck is wrong with you yeah it's like, a movie yeah you and you just a st- fart
1: joke like yeah. you shit all over her face like yeah. that was so hilarious that's I, what the movie is
0: <laughs> all right fuck i guess i just go fuck myself yeah. uh that's kind of that's kind of yeah. what i've been dealing with lately yeah but it's a great movie. I, I like the movie, and, and and I think everyone should. I'm gonna give it another shout out. Everyone should watch it. Nice, no, it's, it's fantastic. I'm definitely gonna see that. Yeah, and like being the dude, it's the f- dude's first movie.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, first it's starring the, movie, yeah, first
0: first like directorial debut. Yeah. oh, director. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Nice. It's, it's, it's interesting. I don't. Know. I, I think that's that. that's the last thing that I saw.
1: I've uh I've been watching Orange is the New Black.
0: Oh yeah, this new season it came. Out.
1: Came back uh, this week. It's good again. It's what was good last season, too. Like, they had one season where it was just god awful bad. I think it was like season three. And then season four, they were like, all right, let's try to get this back. Last season, it was like, okay, I can stick with you for another season. This season, I'm on episode eight or nine out of 13, and the writing has gotten to a point to where they're kind of trying to reflect things that's going on socially, and the issues that are going on inside of a jail socially, and the the things that women have to deal with in prison as opposed to what men have to deal with in prison. So they're really diving into the nuance of what it's like for men as opposed to women. Before, it was just jail life and it doesn't really it doesn't matter if there's a man in that in the story or a woman in the story but Mm -hmm. now it's very specific besides the besides the uh there was a transgender lady in um season one laverne
0: cox laverne cox yeah yeah
1: yeah, very much yeah so well laverne cox like they they focus her story to where it's like that's clear you know it's not you can't just put anyone for her character right but this season right here is very specific and I'm super digging it. Nice. Very I haven't, much I haven't
0: watched anything, like, past the first season. Mm, oh yeah. just wasn't my cup of tea. No, no, no. no.
1: I understand. Um, there's a, another show that you might like more because it goes a lot more into where they are at season six. They mm-hmm. start season one like that. It's called Wentworth. It's, Wentworth. That it's a, sounds familiar. It's the British version of Orange is the New Black.
0: Oh, wait. So you mean, like, literally, like, the yeah. Office translation? Yes. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Because, like, you know, the Office British, and then they made the American version, right. like, Wentworth, they had a whole... the Same with the Shameless. Okay. Yeah, so, like, they had a whole British version of... Then it was, like, America, how can we capitalize on something without thinking or being creative or coming up with a new idea? Just make an American version. <laughs> should just make an American version of that, <laughs> <laughs> which will basically bastardize the show yeah. and take the real, true heart and meaning out of it, mm-hmm. but it'll be entertaining as fuck. So right. it's, like, that's what you got out of the first few seasons of Orange is the New Black, but if you watch worth you can or if you watch the British office, you can kind of tell where the true heart of the yeah. show is supposed to be.
0: I, can I, can I be that guy mm-hmm. and say that? I, I like the British office much more.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah good.
0: Uh, I mean, good. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think you'll. there's many people that will agree.
0: I mean, yeah. The, I've run is. into it all the time. Oh, you like the Brit? You fucking hipster. It, 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 it's just like, I'm
1: sorry. It's a better show. It is. And they cut yeah. the show off after three seasons, I believe, five seasons. Like, yeah. It was very short. Until so it's like, like that's 15. Yeah. It's like you cut it off when it's done. So yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. The, the Brits have, I think the Brits have better telly than than american
1: i think they have smarter smarter television because like they they stop their seasons at five like they have a plan like they will a lot of them do i mean yeah. they have like doctor who and there's a few of them of uh, faulty towers a number of them that ran for a while mm-hmm. um i forgot my other show that i really like to run for but, but the majority of them run for three to five peep show peep, ran yeah, for peep um shop. ran for more than five seasons but
0: peep a up's a sketch show it is yeah so yeah. you can do whatever you, you can want
1: you know, but like eighty to ninety percent of their shows, and well, this is what my point I'm getting to is that they write their show with the intention of it having an ending. Right. You know, is they don't start the show and then it was like, okay, we'll get picked up, we'll get picked up, we'll find the ending later on. They know their ending before the show is pushed out in the first place. And I, I like that continuity of being able to have a story with a beginning because it's you know, consistent. Because you
0: have your narrative arc mm-hmm. stored between all of that, which yep. is why I think Black Mirror hasn't been doing too well.
1: They sure haven't.
0: Just because like the last season was rough, man. Yep. Like the last two seasons. I didn't enjoy. That's an
1: unpopular opinion yeah. that I agree with.
0: <laughs> like, seriously, because, yeah. because
1: this, is, this is the reason why it's so unpopular because they we got through the first three seasons and me, you, and everyone else that had half a brain was like on the top of the mountain. Was like, Black Mirror, this is great. You all got to yes. see it. you know. But that was for three seasons and almost like three years. But now we're at the point to where us shouting at the, the mounting tops, like last year, people started to wake up and hear. Was like, oh, have you heard about the show called Black Mirror? Yeah. So then they watched season one, two, and three and it's the greatest show ever and we're on season four and Five, and we're like, this show isn't that great anymore, but they're not ready for that conversation yet. You know, because you know, they just got to getting on top of the mountain. <laughs> they just got to the top of the mountain.
0: Man. It's like you go going to Mount Everest, and some guy tells you at to the top, listen, it's not that great. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. As they're walking down, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: they're all the way up to the mountain. It's like, what the fuck? Like, we can't have this conversation yet till you get down from the mountain. Like, you, I was already gonna
0: gonna go up there. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you at the bottom. I'll have <laughs> hot chocolate and a yep. vague sense of disappointment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> i've actually i actually picked up mindhunter again mm-hmm. that's another thing that I've been watching. oh that was really yes yes uh, uh david david fincher, david fincher yeah, yeah uh fucking in terms of story mm-hmm. not particularly interesting there's not a lot of conflict yet i liked it but how far into you three uh, I'm, I'm like three or four episodes okay in. so like just yet there's not a lot of conflict nope. happening nope. Yep. now so we started to pick up with like they build the organization down mm-hmm. and now they're starting to get into the meat of the story yeah. But, like, for the first four episodes, there wasn't a lot going on in terms of dramatic conflict. But that directing, though. (laughs) Very good holy shit fincher
1: yes master uh,
0: so good so fucking good have you got to uh, i don't know if it's episode three four or five
1: but there's a scene where they're him and his partner they uh get t-boned by a car huge car accident no no yep okay as soon yeah. as you get to that point the show picks up from there on out no, really? i don't know cool, if that's episode yeah. four or five but yeah
0: it's somewhere along there but I, i'm really i'm really digging it right. just like in terms of like directorial craft yeah that man Knows what the fuck he is doing. Yes, he does. And we all knew that. Yeah, Yeah, but it's still good to celebrate him. It is. He's good. It is. Uh, You watch anything? Oh, that
1: was it. The Orange is the New Black. I'm almost done bingeing that. But yeah, that's about it.
0: Nice. Good. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't really have anything else. So we're gonna cut and then talk about uh, Thelma. Yeah. Uh, Welcome back, Uh, Thelma.
1: Hey. Uh,
0: Do it. (laughs) Rundown. Play it again, Sam. Uh, Whatever the fuck. Play it again.
1: Uh, This movie is uh, Thelma. It came out in 2017. It's a one hour and 56 minute runtime listed as a drama fantasy horror. Um, See, the rundown is a confused religious girl tries to deny her feelings for a female friend who's in love with her. This causes her suppressed subconsciously controlled psychokinetic powers to reemerge with devastating results. The writer-director is Joachim, is it Trier?
0: Yes. And that's
1: how you pronounce Trier. And it stars Ellie Harbo, Kaya Wilkins, and Henrik Raffleson.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think it's a Norwegian film. No, yeah, no way, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I don't know what these people were. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, I saw I think I saw this movie on Netflix a long time ago.
1: This is on Netflix? No, I don't I don't think oh, so It anymore. better not be on Netflix anymore because I paid 4.99 <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon to watch this thing. <laughs> Which I'm not upset about, you know, if right. it's like if I could have watched it for free then I would have preferred that.
0: <laughs> but I saw the thumbnail on Netflix like a long time ago. And I just wasn't ready to be sad by a movie because yeah. it sounded sad by the description, so yeah. I just skipped it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's been on my watch list for like two years. Okay. No, well, not two years because like a out. year, yeah, like a year. Mm. And uh, I, 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 I was apprehensive about it because mm. it looked like one of those like artsy sort of foreign films that I tend to disdain a lot. Yeah. Um. But I was I was pleasantly intrigued and surprised by this movie. By by the end
1: of it, I was thinking, I'm like, this right here is right in the middle of something that I thought that we both, movies we both kind of loved. Like, I like the ones that are a bit ambiguous and it's a little all over the place and the stories are a little hard to follow and I have to... I try to connect the dots myself right and you like the ones that are not that far left you know it's like you don't want the movies that get so far ahead of you they're just pretentious and condescending yes it doesn't even give you a chance to enjoy the movie the first time while you're watching it and i, I felt like this one was somewhere in between there it's like it, it's it's a bit pretentious and it does like not fill you in on the story completely yeah, it gets it a bit faffy yeah yeah it does it does but it doesn't go so far that you can't watch it and enjoy it the first time through right yeah Yeah. i don't
0: think i i don't think i have to watch this movie again to like
1: to get get it it. no yeah yeah.
0: um the my favorite review i googled all my reviews and my favorite one that came up is like something along the lines of like the amount of filmmaking skill that this movie has warrants a recommendation but the uncertainty of its plot Mm -hmm. doesn't let me do that okay yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just like it's just such a solid, like, one-sentence review. Yeah. Because, like, the movie in terms of, like, filmmaking and cinematography mm-hmm. is absolutely... It's gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. It is. Like, the lighting is phenomenal. Yeah. The fucking cinematography is gorgeous. The, the wides, editing, man. The, the wides are fantastic. Yes. Like, so pretty. It just looks so pretty. Yeah. And, like, every, I feel like every shot is placed there with a, with an intent. Yep. And nothing is ever just kind of just there. No. Everything right. kind of has some some inherent purpose. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. And that, that's a thing that I feel like comes out a lot in foreign cinema and not necessarily in American cinema. Yeah, American cinema is just kind of like cover it, cover it, cover it, cover it. And then yeah. fucking foreign cinema is just like, ah, I just want a one shot there. Let's just get that Let's shot get it, really yeah. well done. And and I appreciate that from the movie. Right. I think it, it looks it looks gorgeous.
1: Uh, the, did you see his other movie? Like uh, he said, he has a, he's a former skate the director uh, Trier, He's a former skateboarding champion, and his film debut was called Reprise. I have not 2006.
0: seen that. I, I read like I read about it when I was googling this movie, but yeah. I have not seen
1: it. Me neither. The the name sounds familiar too. So it's like it sounds like a movie that did pretty well. Reprise. But yeah, um, I'm anxious to see more from him in the future after seeing this. Same.
0: I th- I, I I think in terms of story. Mm. The movie is vague. Yeah. But it's not vague in a way that's annoying. I, like, like to say that, it's just like we, we see Thelma, like the beginning of the movie is weird. Because mm. we see a child yeah. with a dad hunting. Hunting, yeah. And then the dad points the gun, the gun at her. at her, yeah. And then we see the title card come up. And then we cut to her being an adult. Yep. Well,
1: like, yeah, like 17-year-old or something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like college she's student. in college. She's yeah. in college and and she's she's obviously led a very like sheltered devout christian yeah. life yep. and sort of repressed a lot of emotion and mm. just emotion you know, like she's just a repressed emotional person yeah and, and 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 that doesn't really come into play until like sort of like the halfway point of the movie where we mm. start seeing that emotional repression mm. start to unwind yeah yeah and i like the idea cuz like I, I i hate religious <laughs> freaks i just really hate them it's not great they they're awful people that like like harm emotional health from a lot of people mm-hmm. and like i feel like thematically this movie is as an analogy for that sort of emotional repression that religious yes. the religion causes yeah. so I love that about the movie
1: i felt like the director um was in that position as a child someone who had to repress their their who they were as a human being in order to fit within this lifestyle of religion you know by his parents and by society you know throughout his life so that's something that that was a parallel that i was trying to follow throughout the movie with the um and, and, and i liked how it's visualized right you know like because at the time, like first, like, first watching, I'm like, is this a horror movie? Like, what am I supposed to be taking from this? Because you see she's having a seizure, and these, like... um ultra, like, unnatural, uh, supernatural yeah, things yeah. are happening around her. The first the first time she has a seizure, there's, like, crows, you know, just flying into the windows, yeah. you know, so it's, like, immediate, I'm like, okay, is this, like, a horror? What kind of film is this? You know, but the more that you hear about her talking about Catholicism or her father or her praying her thoughts away, it, it really drives you to the thought that, this is, like you said, it's a coming-of-age story of it could be male, female, man, woman, anyone, you know, in between that is just trying to grow into themselves, go to college and understand and find themselves. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, I like how it's visualized because whenever she is really trying to fight with that, this is wrong because the Bible says so, mm-hmm. and this is right because this feels right, literally the world starts to shift around her. Mm-hmm. And we see we see that when she's, uh, she's watching a play and um, her friend who she's starting to have feelings for but mm-hmm. she's trying to keep it all at bay and her friend is running her hand down her thigh mm-hmm. and then she's seeing this, um, what, what is that thing overhead? It's not like a chandelier but it's, it's like a...
0: It's in, it's in the theater. It's just like yeah. a, like an art piece on yeah. top yeah. of the theater yeah. I guess.
1: Like um, a huge art piece that's weighing like mm-hmm. a couple of tons yeah. You it know, will clearly just kill everyone when it falls but it's just like it's just the, the visualization of the world changing around her and just everything just being different you know by her starting to try to accept was herself yeah, right. you know so it's it like I, I couldn't i was trying to make sure i'm like is this is this a horror movie to where it is this is this supernatural thing real or is this supernatural thing just how her in a, perception uh, yeah. in her yeah. mind yeah
0: i was struggling with that too i think the i, I, I think by the end we're pretty clear that yeah. the supernatural thing is actually happening yeah. but at the beginning you're kind of like is this like hereditary mm-hmm. or like the first part of the movie is, is it happening? Yeah. Is it not happening, yeah. or are we just seeing someone's distorted reality mm-hmm. for me it it lands among the horror genre mm-hmm. that the witch and hereditary are part of, yeah, without being particularly like that type like of a horror film, yeah, but it falls in that genre mm-hmm. where like the horror is subdued enough. That at least for some period of time, it's vaguely non-horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 I think and I love it because mm. it it it's, it is a horror movie. Parts of it are pretty scary, mm. but not in the conventional like oh this is loud kind of way. No. Just, huh? Or like no, not even in like dealing with the supernatural, but like conceptually scary. Like mm. like if you were that person being in that situation with like an uncomfortably Christian family. Yeah. Um, that. Suppressed you for years, and drug- they drugged your grandma, and you mm-hmm. find out, like, like, her life is fucked up. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, they, she finds out her, dr- her grandma's alive mm-hmm. and not dead like she thought she was. So yeah. she starts having the seizures that happen as a response of Anja, the friend. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, because when she stresses out, I guess, and, like, really wants something, that's mm-hmm. when her, like, supernatural abilities mm-hmm. kind of kicking. Yeah. So, like, the presence of Anya is kind of what triggers the seizures and whatever. She goes to a doctor, and the doctors have no idea. She finds out her grandma's alive, and the parents told her that she was dead. Yeah. And then the grandma's just, like, drugged out Mm -hmm. beyond recognition. Mm -hmm. And, like, those are things that you kind of take for granted in the story. Yeah. And then you just go, like, oh, no, wait, fuck, that's really scary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. fucking...
1: there was there was uh, a parallel that I was I was thinking he was trying to go with as far as um, denying who you are mm-hmm. and um, mental health and medication like right. all those things in one um, just um, kind of ignoring the supernatural thing for a moment, yeah. but just um, the things that she's going through we can look at her as a normal healthy I, 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 I don't know how if we can classify healthy but a normal human being right 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 you, you know and um, and she she's dealing with things thoughts that are normal. Thoughts that that every one most human beings are going to go through, just trying to find who you are and find right. yourself, and a father and a family that don't want to deal with this, and that they don't want their their daughter to be anything other than going down this one particular road, and anything in her life, even starting from a child, anything that differs from her family's opinion or the uh, religious opinion, it just creates a separation within her mm-hmm. that. Like, that, that denial of yourself is what really is, in my mind, ha- or for, for me at least, too, is what drove me to start to take medication. Mm-hmm. Not anything that was, there was no real chemical imbalance, really, that was um any different than I think most human beings are dealing with on a regular basis. It's mm-hmm. just that denial of self because you don't believe that's the way that society, like society would look at you differently or that society has dictated this is the way that you have to live your life. Right. So trying to fit yourself into a box that you don't belong into, it just makes you crazy as fuck to where like, okay if I take these pills, then, you know, I feel normal. I'm just like everyone else. But it's just suppressing you further and further and yeah, further yeah, yeah. down into that hole. You know, to the point where for her is that she's so far down in the hole and her they, they've put her, the grandmother so far down in the hole with just medication and medication and medication to where you can't even find yourself anymore. Right. You know, and it's like that's that's what I was looking at through her is just like you've seen where the end result would be for her if she doesn't. Uh, stop listening to the outside world and her parents and everyone else trying to tell her how she should live her life and who she should be as an adult and suppressing her. So it's just, there was only one of two outcomes when I'm at about the halfway point, Mm -hmm. you either, you know, go further and further and further deeper into the hole, which you see that whether that's medicated or not, you know, you'll see people that they'll stop following their dreams. They'll stop going after the things that they want in life. They'll, 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 um, What's what's the word for being a standard? Um, con- Conformed. Uh, um, content. Content. Oh, yeah, right, they'll right. they'll they'll just become content with their life. They'll they'll stop just reaching for the things they want. And like I said, even without medication, they're still just going further and further and further into that hole mm-hmm. of not being able not realizing the life that you truly wanted. And that goes into depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. sadness, and all those other thoughts was so just. I loved it from that even the like said supernatural stuff aside mm-hmm. like I like the supernatural for how you could visualize those feelings emotionally mm-hmm. but just the story alone like it just a flat meat and potato story is being having your your identity suppressed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and, and and I think that's where this movie excels a lot at, at yeah. like combining that part of the story where it's just like the thematic of like suppressing identity and yeah. the effects of that. And then it gives it the supernatural twist mm. to like elevate it to what is a really good metaphor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of just having it be the story, it just yep. it's a really good metaphor. So you you have to extract it a mm. little bit, but yeah. it's not a far fetched. No no no. Uh, which I really enjoy because it, it 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 rides the line of like those movies where it's like ambiguous enough. Yeah. For me to just be like, all right, I got to pull some strings, but yeah. not too ambiguous whereas to where it's like the strings are actually tied to like potatoes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, but I really, I really like the way this movie struck that balance. Mm-hmm. I like the way that the movie fed you information about that balance. Yeah. Like, cause at the beginning of the movie, we just see a dad about to kill his daughter. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, and then as we go in through the, through the movie and she starts experiencing the supernatural abilities, it makes sense that she's been far away from home long enough that she doesn't experience that medical suppression that mm. the family has been doing her. Yeah. So the supernatural abilities start triggering back. And yeah. then we learn that as a child, she killed her baby brother mm-hmm. with these supernatural abilities because yeah. she felt left out in the family. Yeah. And that's what caused the family to go into this weird sort of Christian branch of faith Mm -hmm. and then like what caused them to start suppressing her medically Mm -hmm. and sort of stunt her emotionally because they don't want her to do this again. And why there's such strict parents. And then you tie that back to the beginning where the dad was about to kill her. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, that makes sense. I get it. It kind of went full circle, which is like, I think nice. A lot of movies don't. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I I like that character arc for her. And then her realizing that that is what happened, what's happening. Like her grandmother, Even there's a scene where the doctor even tells her that uh, your grandmother suffered from the same things, and then it's just like okay, so there's a clear parallel. She goes to visit the grandmother, like Mm. you said, the grandmother is like in a medically induced coma pretty much, and so that that kind of triggers her to like rebel against the family, Mm. and then that's how we get the really I think satisfying ending of the movie where she just goes and she's just like all right, fuck this, (laughs) I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, but like the movie as a whole. it's really just a really good metaphor. Mm-hmm. Really just a really good. It's really just an excellent metaphor. It is. Yeah. For that idea of like identity suppression, emotional regression, the the sort of the, the, the danger of like having a cultish, mm-hmm. being involved in a cultish religious like thing. Yeah. And like suppressing against like, like gay attraction mm-hmm. and yep. all of that. I, it, it does that so fucking well. That I, I I just admire it for that part alone. And I also like the the, the symbolism. Yeah. It's really straightforward symbolism. But yes. there's like like a particular scene that I stuck out is when she's she smoked weed for the first time.
1: Yeah, in air quotes, yeah. Yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah that air quotes. Sorry, you yep. can't, <laughs> can't see me. Uh and then she starts fantasizing about the girl. Mm. And in the in the first the first time we see it, we see it like like Anja. Mm. And then it cuts back to reality and then we cut back to the fantasy and it, it's a snake wrapped around her throat and yeah. like going into her mouth yep. and it kind of cuts between those two things. Like and, the,
1: the religious imagery of, you know, the snake in the garden of Eden.
0: Yeah. Right. That whole thing which I thought was a really great way of like, not only vague, like the movie never really outright us that it has an anti-religious edge to it. No. But it's pretty easy to extract that mm-hmm. from like the snake, the, how this the, the, Emotional, st- like coldness of the of the family, and how she starts being happier while she's away from the family. Yeah, I I, I don't want
1: to say it has an anti-religious. I want to say it has an anti-oppressor um theme, right? You know, because um with the father, like it the the avenue the vehicle happened to be religion, you know. But yeah, it's like I think it's just like that happens to be the thing that it is oppressing her at the, at the well. I,
0: I I think the reason why I say anti-religious is because it's a very like it's a very LGBT resonant. Idea that mm. happens with religious people, where they like they get it, they develop an attraction for like a same, the same sex, yeah, and then they have this like weird sort of devout Christian parents mm-hmm. that would dominate that life, yep. and she's trying to hide that identity and suppress it at the same time, mm-hmm. and so these are these are problems that occur when a, like a person that just realized they have the same sex attraction yeah. that has to deal with religious past and religious origins. Yeah they're very, like, they're almost exactly the same issue, which is why I want to say, and which is why I'm comfortable saying that it it is anti-religious to a degree. Okay. Because the problem is not uniquely religious, but it is predominantly religious. Yes, it is,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, In terms of, like, LGBT oppression Mm. is predominantly religious. So I'm comfortable saying that it's anti-religious. And and I really, 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 really did like that because I find the idea of religious oppression and devoutness creepy and freakish. Yep. And that was the most scary part of the movie for me, just seeing this parents going around.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving the metaphor. It, um, it reminded me of, like I said, the oppression and, and holding you back from who you really are. Mm-hmm. I was remembering there was a um, being six years old and we're all outside playing football with all the guys. And there's a few of our female cousins and woman cousins mm-hmm. and girl cousins and all of them out there, like all of different ages. I remember they're like six, nine, 13. We're all mm-hmm. out there playing football and cheerleading. And one of my cousins, he's like six years old, and he doesn't want to play football with us. He goes over there and starts cheerleading right. with, the, with the other girls. And I'm like, all right, you know, we don't think anything of it. But mm-hmm. then the parents, they come home from um, from work, and they see him out there cheering with the girls, and then they flip out. Right, They yeah. flip out on this six-year-old, and then they just start putting him into, like, no, you're going to play baseball. You're going to play soccer. You're going to do yeah. this, this, and this. We're going to church. You're going to be sitting with us in the front row. It's just completely just like i said stifling who he he was as yeah. a, as a 6 year old kid yep. you know and and now like as um, in mid 20s he's very comfortable in his skin and exactly who he is but yeah. the thing the life that he had to live you know from then until he finally got away from his parents you know it's like that's what i was like looking at with with Thelma mm-hmm. you know you have someone who who there's something in them that they're trying to exp- express and you're just stifling them as a complete human being. And the further and further that they get away from you, then the more that they become themselves. And at, at, at that point is where the, at the end of the movie, it kind of leaves you with a different... Odd feeling because she kills her father. Mm -hmm. By She does. She does do that. Yeah, she fully set. And it looks very nice. Like she sets him on fire. And as he's on fire, you're looking like, why don't you just jump in the water? Like, (laughs) you're in
0: a lake. It's minus 10 degrees. (laughs) Jump in it.
1: (laughs) He finally jumps in the water, comes up for air, and then his body just catches back on fire. You know, so it's like. um, Which,
0: can I say, like, in terms of filmmaking, Mm -hmm. that's a completely genius thing to do. Yeah. Because already you're in a boat mm. surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. You're now on fire. Yep. The audience is absolutely questioning your decision to not make that character mm-hmm. immediately jump in the water. Yeah. He finally jumps in the water, and then you think, and "It's like all right, he's safe. He jumped in the water. Yeah. How do I tell the audience that he is in fact not safe? Just mm-hmm. have him burn in the water. Yeah, just he's burning in water. Yep. Good luck. So it's either you come up and you burn, or you drown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> And and it's like that, like well, how you were saying earlier that this movie is a huge metaphor, and mm-hmm. it's great for the metaphor that they're getting across, but. Um the metaphor that I was getting with killing the father was just removing yourself. And I'm, you may have had to deal with it before. I know I've dealt with it before and it doesn't have to do with like sexually or religious, Mm -hmm. but it just, if you see yourself and we've talked about this a little before today too, if you see that you're being surrounded by people that aren't like-minded or people that won't help you progress in life and people that you don't see the same trajectory for Mm -hmm. trajectory with, and you're not going down the same path. When you start to remove yourself from these type of negative, um,
0: of uh, rain clouds
1: or influences, then you know it, it's, it's much better for you. So it's like I don't I don't see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the death of her father metaphorically yeah. and not, like, literally. Not, like, literally killing these negative things around you but yeah. separating yourself from it. But just, like, watching the movie, is just like, damn, like, she, is she an unlikable character now? Like, I was pulling yeah. for her. Now she's a murderer, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, I'm not, I, I can't look at it that way. I have to look at it, the uh, overarching yeah. metaphor. Yeah.
0: See, I, I didn't even think about her, like, in terms of being a murderer. Mm. Like, the father died. And yeah. it it's also it really helps that we never see her kill the dad
1: Kind of like he he sees her, but it might just be like a projection of her.
0: Yeah, it is a projection because yeah. she vanishes. Mm-hmm. She's asleep when yeah. it happens because yeah. she's drugged out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we never really, she never kills the dad, air quotes, in terms yeah. of like, she doesn't hit him in the head. Just with like she
1: thing. never killed her brother, air quotes right. either. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and so, like, there's already like a separation in that for me, but I never mm. saw her as a murderer. I always saw mm. like the dad dying as the metaphor of like, she's just excommunicating from this oppressive family. Mm. And which I think, as you should, I don't think you should look at her like a legitimate, like well, real murderer. <laughs> um, but yeah, metaphorically, I, I, I think that works. It's just yes. like the eliminating yourself from that environment. Yep. Yep. And then the mom thing mm. was interesting. Like I didn't. The, the mom was very separate throughout the, yeah. the entire
1: movie. She didn't have much influence in her life at all. But uh, she still felt compelled to help her mother before she left for the last. I guess time.
0: because she killed. She. I guess because she felt guilty about having killed. the brother brother. Mm. and like because i kind of fucked up the mom's life yeah yeah yeah. it's like all right you can walk again i guess um but i uh the ending of the movie i think was a very satisfying conclusion Mm. to the the metaphor of like excommunicating from Mm. the things that have ruined you and then trying to live your happy life with the people you choose to live your life with
1: Yep.
0: so like i I hesitate to call this movie because it's going to be a weird label Mm. For this movie, but this movie is at its core, I think, an LGBT movie. You know? Like mm-hmm. it's not a gay romance or anything like that. But I think that at its core thematically and sort of the way that the story is structured is very much an LGBT coming of age. Yes.
1: I'm trying to find a way to be contrary. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I
0: <laughs> and and yeah. again, it's like, it comes out to the themes of like religion and sort of moving away from religion and like yeah. all the harm that religion can do. Yeah. Because this girl is not only dealing with like the past of having the supernatural powers, mm. which is, in my opinion, the least interesting part of the movie. Same. Having to deal with the supernatural, like, I yeah. don't care, whatever. Yeah. They're there; they fill the time in and, and they give you context. But we, the most interesting part is her interacting with the college friends yeah. and fighting her identity that her parents want her to have with the identity that she finds herself wanting to explore. Mm-hmm. And then like literally like vomiting or getting repulsed yeah. or like being so overwhelmed by emotion that she just breaks down in her apartment. Yeah. That kind of thing, those are the interesting parts of the movie because I feel like if you talk to a lot of the value religious people that excommunicated from their religion, mm-hmm. that is the experience that they've had. Mm-hmm. Where they like literally broken down over small things, things that like drinking.
1: Yeah.
0: Like and a Mormon that's really devoutly religious would absolutely be appalled at the idea that they once, you know, like they drank yeah, uh, and and all that kind of stuff. And I, I like that that those pockets of experiences because mm. they feel—I never had that problem—but they feel very genuine yeah. and they feel authentic. Yeah. And I really, really love the uh, like the uh, the emotional authenticity of the film is phenomenal. I love that. Yes,
1: I uh, like I like how how sheltered they made her seem right. and feel. Um, when she, she has her first seizure and they take her to the, to the hospital, the nurse, the doctor. And, um, they ask her, "It's like, have you, have you, um, been drinking at all? Mm-hmm. She was like, uh, no, I don't really drink. You know, it's the worst. Like, uh, so you don't really drink or like, uh, it's like, um, so how, have you ever drank before? And then she was like, oh, well, no, I haven't. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you can tell like the, the subtext behind that is that, I'm ashamed. I don't want to sound like I'm a square who has never drank before. Right. You know, but the reality is, yes, I've never even tasted alcohol before. And she's in college now and she's supposed to be having all these new experiences, whether it be uh, trying marijuana for the first time or drinking beer for the first Mm -hmm. time, you know, possibly having sex with someone, you know, of the same sex for the first time. You know, we don't really know, but it seems that that's the way that it is. And all of these new experiences and she has a conversation with anja and she's like yeah i talked to my dad about everything like we talk about everything right. and she's like everything like seriously I, like it's like what is that a problem and then she told she tells her father's like yeah i had beer for the first time mm-hmm. i had two beers and it's like at first you're just kind of like okay that's it's great that you have that great of a relationship with your father until well, you see it's creepy yeah no yeah. yeah 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 exactly until you see like how for like it Creepy is a perfect word for it. Yeah. Because it's a little too much into your child's life. Yeah. You know.
0: But it's it's also that that moment of like, that I think that is the perfect way to convey how it feels to be stuck in that kind of relationship. Mm. Like, you don't want to tell your parents everything. No. But you've been conditioned to have to tell them everything. Mm. And they call your phone endlessly the second you don't pick up. Mm. And they question everything you do. They like want to know what you're cooking, whatever. Mm. Like, I know a lot of parents that are like that. Mm. A lot of people that i know that i've dealt with parents like that yeah and so that is a perfect way of like mentioning that and i like how subtly the the director never really tells you right like straight ahead how oppressive the parents are but you get little pieces of it Mm -hmm. throughout like at the beginning of the movie they like she calls them and they're asking her like what she had for dinner like what she was doing yada yada. yada. and you're like all right that's weird i guess she just moved out and then as it goes on you keep they're keep escalating more and, and more. the tension keeps getting more and more like i guess tense yeah the tension keeps getting better yeah. and like you start seeing that oh they they're really not just interested in their daughter they just want to control every aspect of her life exactly and like by the halfway point which is really when she starts admitting that she had beard to his mm-hmm. dad to her dad it's kind of when you go like oh it's not good
1: nope <laughs> it's not a good relationship. this is not healthy at all
0: it's not healthy and you kind of had that idea like when she meets her parents for dinner and mm-hmm. like she starts talking about, can you believe that someone thinks the earth is, like, 6,000 years old? Oh, yeah. And that goes into this whole, like, knowledge does not make us better. Which, first of all, yes, it does. It does, very much. Makes us better than people that don't have it. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but also, like, that conversation, just it was the first inclination of just, like, oh, fuck, these people are fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and and I love that subtle delivery of, like, having her relationship with the parents never really stem like... Like an American, like a lot of—I don't want to say an American movie, but a lot of movies would make that an argument mm. with the dad, and like have like a like a profound moment where like the daughter says something and mm. the dad goes like, "Well, fuck you, yeah. you anti-religious bitch." Yep. And the daughter was like, "Well, fuck you, I'm gonna bang everybody," and yeah. then that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a definite trope. Uh, and and I like that it didn't do that; yep. it just went very subtly. Yeah. And she st- and 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 that experience—like, fuck you, I'm gonna go bang everybody. That mm. emotional delivery happened by having Thelma escalate very slightly mm. every new experience that she did. Yeah. So, like, the first time when she, when she starts talking to Anya, the first thing that she does is, like, she has a cigarette. Yeah. And then, then she drinks. And yep. then she goes on a date. And then she does this. And she smokes weed, mm. air quotes. Yeah. And yada, yada, yada. So she keeps escalating her experience. Mm. And that's the experience that a lot of these people have. They start pushing their boundaries yep. little by little. little. By little. So that they're not—it's kind of like, how do you? It's like exposure therapy. That's hmm. what that is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I love that we see that as a character before we see any of the mental collapses yeah. of like the psychic seizures or anything like yeah. that. And. I love it. I thought it was fucking good. It was, it was. fucking great. Was, I think it was, it was I think it was a great way of communicating all of that. I like that in the real world when she's having a seizure, mm. she's having a seizure, yep. but in her mind she's having this weird sort she's of like mystical floating,
1: levitating type right. of experience is different. Yeah.
0: Having this weird religious sexual experience mm. with a snake where mm. she's like masturbating mm. but she's not really masturbating in the real world. It's just like it's like all these and they look gorgeous, all oh, these yeah. sequences. They oh, look yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. The world around her kind of darkens. We get a little vignette. Mm-hmm. It's like intense close-ups. It just looks fucking pretty.
1: As as far as, um, like I said, the continuity of a story and following a singular perspective, like we stayed with Thelma and her perspective and how she felt about things throughout the entire movie. So it's like with plot points, yeah. it's like I kind of am like, eh. As far as like giving us like that continuity of a story to where – you know, it's like, okay, I can't take anything from that. You know, it could be pieced together a little bit better. But as far as the story that you wanted to tell and following the the main character, like, which was Thelma throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and never giving us anything other than her viewpoints because that's... And who, her experience, which are the things that matter. Exactly, yes. Like, that's... We stayed in, in that lane and that's... I love that, you mm-hmm.
0: know. I think uh, my... Like on that angle, I really like that. Yes, we sat on her the entire time and yeah. we saw her emotional perspective the yeah. entire time, but we were learning information as she was learning mm-hmm. it. And not, we didn't learn anything that she didn't know, mm-hmm. and we didn't know anything that she didn't know. Nope. Yeah. And I think that that is great for like creating that empathetic link yeah. with that character. Yeah. Because at I I no point in the movie I'm like I know what's gonna happen no. like I, like she finds out that her grandma's in the hospital you go to the grandma like yep. that's logical thing to happen mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of movies don't do that a lot of movies feed you information that you either don't need for another half an hour mm. or 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 they f- or they leave you with that information and then you are like wait what the fuck was that when that happens yeah tell me that was that amazing like amazingly well balanced yeah. I I I like I like that delivery of information yeah. I think I think it's a fucking great movie.
1: It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. It was um. It was a bit anticlimactic, but it's it's hard to call it that for the type of movie that it, it is. You know, for the movie that it is, it it ended the way that it should have. For like a, an average movie watcher, then I think you're gonna be. You're unless you're. For the average movie gore, it's going to be difficult for you, yeah. I think, because it's, like I it's said, it's not these, an
0: amazingly entertaining no uh-uh. movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think the the average movie gore, you're going there to see this psychic powers and horror, mm. and though and that's not the main thing of the movie. No, you know, so it's like you, you, there's not some grand a thing like I seen it was compared a lot to Carrie in reviews. So it's like, but you don't get that huge payoff of here's the power. (laughs) Here's what you've been waiting for, for two hours. Here's how like, cause you know, you get, you get this, all this advertising of her being, you know, super powered, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like that, that does not come to fruition besides her burning the father alive on the boat, you know, but it doesn't turn into now I'm free. I can use my powers to do whatever I want. Besides of the end, what, what do you think about the ending? So she closes her eyes, and she wishes for Anja to come back, I guess, and then yeah. Anja's there. So what, what do you take from that? Like, Did she kill Anja earlier, and then she just made her come back to life?
0: I, like, I don't think she killed her, but I also don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah. But it's one of those things where I, I don't think it... Matter, yeah, either. yeah, because yeah, yeah. we got the, the point for the, yeah. what she wanted.
1: For the for the metaphor and the story, yeah. it's like it all goes in, and I can, I love it for the metaphor, yeah. but like for the average movie goer, it's like I think it might be confusing, anticlimactic, and
0: anticlimactic is a word that I'm okay with, mm-hmm. like it's usually a negative thing. It's
1: not though,
0: no, no, yeah, yeah, but it's usually well, for, conveyed you know, negatively, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like movies that do the anticlimax mm-hmm. because the, I mean, it's going against convention, it is. And it, and this movie, to go against convention, feels particularly more satisfying, mm. given the type of movie that it is. Because mm-hmm. all that tel- Thelma is doing is going against convention. The whole time, yes. So it feels satisfying that the movie also elects mm-hmm. to have a non-traditional ending. That's what it was supposed to be, yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love it for that. It's really good. Um, but yeah, th- this is one of those movies, again, where like the plot structure matters way less mm. than like than, like than the the metaphorical structure yeah. of the film like beyond the black rainbow. It mm. didn't make any sense metaphorically or structurally, mm. but this one, the structure is very loose in terms of plot and story, mm. but the way that everything ties up to convey an emotion and an idea
1: That's, is so tightly that knit mm-hmm.
0: that I think it compensates for the lack of structure. Yeah. And I, I really did that. What, yeah. would, you, what would you give it?
1: Uh, definitely above average. Um, like a
0: seven five. Seven five? Yeah. I give it an eight on IMDB. Nice. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with an eight. Oh yeah. I think it's a it's 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 a hard it's not an easy movie to watch no. in terms of like not a lot happens, mm. but the things that happen are pretty significant. And I and as far as like like LGBT people will absolutely relate Definitely. to Selma as a character. Oh yeah. And people that have escaped some sort of freakish, cultish, religious type situation will also relate. Mm um to this movie a lot so I, I absolutely i thoroughly recommend it i think it's yes. a it's a fantastic little film
1: it's very good yeah yes check it now out i
0: want to watch reprise because i have no idea what this guy yeah <laughs> this, this guy just happened exactly yeah and so i'm excited for it uh anything else you want to say about our, our girl thelma
1: uh no i mean check it out it's like if you, you heard the review on it if this is like up your alley then you'll thoroughly enjoy it
0: Yep. Yeah. Also, I, I just want to give a. I just want to say the two leads that like the lead that played out Thelma. She did
1: amazing. So she carried made. that goddamn movie so much. Oh man.
0: She looked like like uh what's this girl from House of Cards, Moori?
1: From House of Cara Cards. Kara Mooney.
0: Kara Mooney. The
1: one from season one and two, the younger one. Yeah, yeah. I know the you're talking the about, reporter. Yeah. yeah. She uh, died uh, season two. I know you're talking about that.
0: Uh, yes, I forgot her name. Yeah. I always forget her name. I she was also in like then fan Force like. Yeah. Uh, she reminded me of her. Kate, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who it is. Yeah. She reminded me of her a yeah. lot. Uh, like, I, I absolutely believed her face every time she portrayed an emotion. Yeah. And she did fantastic. She really did. And she looked convincing and great on camera. And yeah. Anja also did she very did a, well. She did a good job. Yeah. 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 Uh, every other character didn't wasn't on screen long enough to, like, give an amazing show. Yeah. But I like how the emotional the parents were like emotionally cold mm. and they look purposely stoic and stone like. Yep. And then every everybody else in the movie was kind of warm and hospitable yeah. to her. And uh, director like directing wise, it's an amazing decision to make. Very much. And fuck yeah. Eight out of ten. Watch Thelma if you if you if, if you fucking feel like it, I guess. <laughs> no, it's like listen to the review. Yeah and, yeah, and if it's for you, it's for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it would be
1: like um us recommending a wrestling movie, like if you don't like wrestling, then you, this isn't for you. But if you like wrestling, this yeah, is great for you. for you. Yeah. So it's like if you hear heard this review and this is the type of movie that you watch, then yeah, it's like a seven five eight. Then you're gonna love it. If you're not into this, then whatever.
0: Right. Doesn't Mick Foley have a wrestling movie? Mick Foley. Uh, yes, he. Is had... it a documentary? or Is it a proper movie? The wrestler. It's yeah. a wrestler. I mean, yeah, I know the Mick Foley is Yeah. That's not. No, wrestler, no, 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 no. Like, I, like I'm not like he's not in. He's not in the wrestler, right? No,
1: that's um. That's a, another white guy, super ugly guy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look great.
1: I can't think of his name right now, though. No, no, do we're, we're being
0: judged. You said <laughs> he's a very Mick, Mick, Mickey Rourke. Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You said wrestling movie, and I was just like, wait, fuck, are there wrestling movies? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, listen, fucking, we're gonna cut and then talk about <laughs> television and movies for the next week.
1: <laughs> Welcome back. Television and movie premieres. Hey, hey. Uh, this week in television, the movie premieres starting Tuesday, July the 31st through Monday, August the 6th. Uh, short week in television. No, not that short, but regular. Uh, this one's going to be Tuesday, July the 31st. The first one is Casual. Uh, this show has been on, this is its fourth season and final season. Okay. It's going to be on uh, Hulu. It's a comedy um, I'm. I watched first season of this, and I seriously thought it would be gone by now. But <laughs> <laughs> they they made it to four seasons, you know. So somebody was watching it, and I'm. I'm really glad that at least they they got. A season finale. Yeah, 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 you know they made it to four seasons, but at the end of the third season, they're like, "Okay, come back one season, wrap it up, give your fans what they want, and you're gone." Yeah, you know which I prefer that so much more than just being left on a cliffhanger. And- I
0: think that's what like, I think. Honestly, I think that's why Breaking Bad was such a successful show. Oh, it like, got in, told the story, and then got out. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. that not drag on for too long.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I'm loving shows like that. Mm-hmm. Here's But here's something sad that I've seen on shows recently. Now, if you make a pilot, the chances of your pilot being picked up and mm-hmm. becoming a television show are like 2%. You know, yeah, yeah, it's not great. No, not great at all. Like, there's so many pilots that never see the light of day. Yep. And if your pilot does get picked up, you know, you still have super slim chances. Yep. Now, your pilot being picked up and getting a season and having that season being renewed is so fucking small. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you've made it past the pilot, you've made it past, you know, your three episode, mm-hmm. you've had a full season. To get your season two renewed is just so small of a chance. And I'm someone who watches a lot of television and gets pissed off of watching one full season of a show that has potential and it never comes back again mm-hmm. and it's just loose ends and you don't really know what happens. So, what shows have been doing on uh, Amazon. Amazon and on Hulu um, and some YouTube. YouTube has a um, mm-hmm. has television on there now. But uh, what they're doing is they're writing a season for t- as as if the show ends at season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, so it's like. But the bad thing about it is at the end of season one, if you tie your your bows up and you actually do get a season two renewal, what do you do now? Because- yeah, you
0: gotta go in and then cut all your little bows. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Like your main character is about to die now, yeah. and that's just the end of season one. Like, yeah, but.
0: Oh, they cured cancer in the last six months. Yep. <laughs> so now she doesn't have cancer, mm-hmm. but now she gets she got to get it
1: again or something. Yeah. Now <laughs>
0: she gets a brain damage yep. by the end of season two. Yep. Yep. And then they cure brain damage cure in that. season three. Yeah. Who would have fucking thought? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a good and it's a bad. So it's like, what the good thing is, is I'm getting a lot of good television that are that's only one season. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is, is there's not room for season two and three right. after that. But um, but good job, Casual. You made it to season four and you get a good send-off. I forgot
0: what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah.
1: And anybody that watched Casual, um, I'm not a fan of it, but um, I like terrible television just as much as everybody else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next thing. Just had to get a little
0: thing in there. <laughs> It was kind of a compliment. <laughs> I admire your determination to watch bad telly. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the next thing
1: is the same day, Tuesday, January the 31st, is Making It. It's a reality competition on NBC at 10 p.m. Uh, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman host a lighthearted six-episode crafting competition series. I'm already in. Um, they say think the great British breaking show. I don't know what that is.
0: Do <laughs> you haven't seen the great British baking show?
1: It, it says breaking.
0: Oh, definitely, I guess it's
1: supposed to be baking because it, the next word is talking about pastries.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely baking. Yeah, so to supposed to be baking. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. The okay. greatest, the, the great British baking show is fantastic. It's like the most relaxing baking show. All right. Cause it's a competition. Like yeah. you're wondering who's going to be the, the best baker yeah. and someone wins. Yeah. But it's never that American reality TV where, like, everybody hates each other and they create conflict and they, Mm -hmm. like, shit on each other all the time. It's super wholesome, relaxing. They help each other. Like, in a baking competition, someone's, like, struggling to put, like, the fucking cake thing on top of their other cake thing. And then someone else will drop what they're doing at their peril and go to say, here, let me. Let me help you put that in there. See, and it's so cute. I, I love, love it.
1: I, like, I love that. Like, there, I, there's a place for, for like, a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. for me. And um, I like seeing both sides of it. I like seeing uh, things that are competitive towards, like, I don't need somebody on the right of me. Like gang banging on my raspberry puree, right? You know, yeah. It's like this is supposed to be a fun, enjoyable, <laughs> relaxing thing, and you're over here talking shit, you know, about this puree that I made over yeah. here, you know. So it's like I like that camaraderie, you know, about that, but I also like seeing the other side when you have someone like a um, what's what's the asshole chef that just like talks shit about your food?
0: Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay. I fucking, love you know, like Ramsay.
1: I love like a Gordon Ramsay, or um, I don't like a guy named Simon Simon Cowell, but mm-hmm. it's the same type of vein. Yeah, it's yeah. just like that negative energy. Like you're a piece of Shit, you don't deserve to be doing this. It's like I like that dichotomy of having both sides of it. Like I can't sit in either room too long, but I like to have the option to go from back and forth, back to each other. Yeah, Yeah. Gordon Ramsay calls me a piece of shit, then I just walk over to the other room. Nah, no worries, mate. You know we're just gonna we're gonna go over (laughs) here. We're gonna make this
0: together. Everything is great. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing that that's completely unrelated, but Mm -hmm. my favorite thing that Ramsey does in Mm -hmm. his show with the Aprons, I think it's like Master Chef. Okay, whatever. One of them. He goes like. Get your apron and fuck off. It's just like, I just love the energy that he says. Hell yeah. But the great British baking show, like the the judges are still pretty ruthless, but it's never like, like you don't deserve to bake. Mm. It's just, you fucked up this bake. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's great. I love it. I've watched all four seasons Mm. of it. And I honestly I, I rewatched them every time I need to relax and decompress. Yeah, it's so good.
1: So it's like there's no um they don't go in on like personal attacks.
0: No, no, they go. They <laughs> just okay. go like, dude, what the fuck happened? You fucked up this bake. Okay. And the guy goes like, Yeah, I know, I did it. It was I ran out of time. Oh, okay. And the guy goes like, What a shame. <laughs> oh, nice. And that's it. It's super wholesome, Objective and relaxing. Yeah. And the judge is Mary. Do you know who Mary Berry is? Hmm. She's like apparently like a like a baker like a a grade pâtisserie chef in Britain. Yeah, and she is like a like a thousand years old. Oh wow! She is right there next to Queen Elizabeth. Sheesh! Uh, And she just just like tiny old lady and big like bulging silver bear of a man.
1: Mary Berry, Uh, quite contrary.
0: Yeah. How does your garden grow? There you go. (laughs) Great show. Watch it. uh, But making it with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Hell yeah. Sounds like a great fucking time. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I love Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman um, from um, Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. So glad to see they're working together again. But that is on Tuesday, July the 31st, NBC, 10 p.m., making it. Uh, The next thing is going to be Friday, August the 3rd. Uh, It's on Netflix. It's a comedy. It's called Like a Father. Uh, Lauren Miller's directorial debut stars Kristen Bell as a woman whose last second wedding cancellation leaves her heading out on her honeymoon, in air quotes, well, quoted with mm-hmm. her estranged father, Kelsey Grammer. Um, the reason this is announced is a Netflix show, and they're throwing those things out like 100 shows uh, per week. Yeah. Um, but Kristen Bell, she was formerly on, I don't know if the show's still on television now, but called The Good Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, she's uh, the star of The I Good it's, Place. I think
0: it's at an hiatus or did it end?
1: I'm not sure. Like it yeah. shouldn't have went past season one. And right. sorry, Camille and Devin, but I yeah. thought it got a season two. No, it got season two. But oh, okay. It shouldn't have went past season one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and it's like I know, I know if, you, if Camille or Devin or anybody else that mm. we <laughs> all talked so great about the show. Yeah. You know, because it was great in season one, and I was with you. We said we said a lot of good things <laughs> about that show. But let me tell you, season two was ass. <laughs> And if you're not ready to recognize that, I'm sorry, but it was—it was really, some really some tough love. Some yeah, tough love for you. yeah, it was really bad. Really. But uh, but Kristen Bell, take who-
0: your apron, <laughs> fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> 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 no. but, yeah.
1: Kristen Bell, she's a she's a very fa- she's a fantastic actress. She was in um she was in that show and now she's going to be in this. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, who is a um for lack of a better term, is a despicable human being, but he is a very very good actor.
0: I so, thought I thought that was a lady, Kelsey Grammer. Nah, uh, Kelsey
1: Grammer. Um, what was he in? Uh, he was he's he was Fraser. Oh, yeah, that guy.
0: Why uh, I've heard about it. Why is he such a piece of shit?
1: Um, From from all accounts that I've heard, from anyone that's worked Mm -hmm. with him, he is terrible to work with. He's pompous. He's arrogant. His ex-wife has just came out with a number of stories over the past few years just talking about how Emotionally abusive, he is. So it's like we we've never been able to like get him, you know, arrested or in mm-hmm. jail or any kind of those type of things. But it's just like I feel like he why I gave him despicable human being because I feel like he's one of the worst type of human beings. Right. It's like the things that he's doing, like I said, is just emotional abuse. Yeah. And um, his wife, his ex wife, came out and talked all about it. And if I'm sure you can still find it on the internet. I mean, it, can, it was like six or seven years ago, yeah. but. When someone is intelligent enough to see the line of the law Mm -hmm. and know, like, how far they can go Mm -hmm. without actually being caught and going to jail, like, that's the kind of guy that he is. Like, he understands the law, understands the line, understands where his place is, his social place, and how far that he can go, Mm -hmm. and he teeters that line, and it's it's, it's really gross, you know, But, but, like, he's an amazing actor, amazing writer, and he's going to be working with Kristen Bell on this project. So I really hope for Kristen Bell's sake that this show does well, you know, but um, that's that's the show, Like Father.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. That should be interesting. I hope that the show does well, but that he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like, Chris and both still so has a job, Me but too. he's not in the show. Me too. And guess, Maybe he gets yeah. cancer. and Maybe they don't cure cancer. Maybe so. <laughs> yes. Actually, <For real?
1: laughs> that's a It's a weird place because like yeah. one of my favorite television shows of all time is Cheers. Another one of my favorite shows of all time is Frasier. Right. He wrote another show that I really like called Girlfriends. He had another show I really like called The Game. Oh, he wrote Girlfriends. Yeah, yeah him, with and, with his, Adam his, him and his wife. Damn. Um, the the show Girlfriends.
0: Yeah, yeah, the okay. one with the Adam Driver, right?
1: Adam Driver knew.
0: No, I don't know. is a girl... black show. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, what was the girls girls was oh one girls the oh yeah girls girls yeah oh, yeah, yeah that's judd apatel yeah. uh,
1: but yeah he uh girlfriends but um but yeah a number of shows i really respect him as an actor and as a writer like like top 10 man mm-hmm. or like of people that i admire in the business for like acting and writing top 10 right. but like just deplorable human being
0: damn, deplorable
1: damn, damn. but um but yeah that's that's friday august the third like a father a comedy on netflix um, I hope
0: it does well, Christine.
1: I me, mean, me too, Christine. No. <laughs> I mean seriously, yeah.
0: She is so fucking have you seen her Ellen video where she like freaks out over a sloth? No, uh uh-uh. Oh, it's the cutest fucking thing. Is it recent? Uh it's like it's like six years. I'll she like goes up. to Ellen and then she's telling a story about her, her husband mm-hmm. who's Dex, fucking Dax, yeah, yeah. Dax Shepherd. Shepard, yeah. Uh surprised her with a sloth for her mm-hmm. birthday and she did nothing but cry. Man, and then fucking Ellen brought out a sloth. That's
1: so cool. <laughs> That's
0: great. I'll send it to you.
1: Those the sloths are kind of weird to me. Like mm-hmm. I like how like slow they move and cute, mm-hmm. but those nails freak me oh, out, yeah. man. They do, man. They're so long and thick. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, seen, I seen a video of a sloth trying to cross a road mm-hmm. and it was just like one long ass hand after the next and it was like oh god this is creepy
0: they don't give a fuck about your time <laughs> they don't know they just I'm a sloth man you gotta fucking deal with it yep <laughs> no wonder there's like fucking cardinal sin named after them fucking sloth yeah. don't be that <laughs> <laughs> like, right, well. I don't know why like he someone seems like someone got so annoyed at a sloth Yep. that in the church they were like yeah don't be like
1: that fucking thing full blown sin yeah. you're going to hell but then you look at him He was like, I don't know. That kind of looks all right. He's kind of cute, man. He's living a great life. It looks all right to me. Like, he's chilling. Like, he seems more
0: chill than you. Like, you're being yeah. aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> he's just hanging out, eating leaves, man. I want to hang out with that guy. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. You're being super aggressive, man. I'm not, I'm not feeling your energy. This sloth's energy, though, I'm feeling that. Like, I'm really vibing with this guy. I'm just going to climb a tree and chill, man. <laughs> That's all we should be doing. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
1: lost <laughs> lost. Yeah. They're great
0: little creatures. All right. Um, anyway, the, yeah.
1: the the <laughs> last the last show we got coming up this week is Monday, August the sixth. Better Call Saul.
0: Oh fuck, that's coming back. It's coming How many season is said four or five?
1: Uh fourth season. Fourth season? Yeah. It's back on AMC at nine PM. The acclaimed drama delayed fourth seasons. Uh fourth season at Stefan Kapinick. I don't know who that Stephen is. Kap Kapik. K A P I C I C. He was in Deadpool too.
0: Oh, Stefan Coppock? whatever,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who the fuck is that guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they're they're bringing in a few new people to Better Call Saul for season four. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you've seen season one, I believe, a good part of season one. I saw season season one One and two. Yeah.
0: And I I, I didn't watch it just because I kind of just felt I'm bad with television. But I loved Better Call Saul more than I loved Breaking Breaking Bad. Bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I genuinely, like, Breaking Bad is a fantastic show. Oh, yeah. I genuinely think Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad.
1: I can't give you that, yeah. but yeah, it's like I, I agree that it's a very good show. Mm-hmm. But it's the same argument that I have with um, with uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. It's like even though, like, I, we were on season one at the time, and you were proclaiming the best cartoon of all time, no. I was like, yeah, this one season is probably better than if we if we go one season of Rick and Morty versus one season of every cartoon ever. No. I'm like, yeah, that's a, probably the best one for one season. Mm-hmm. But there are other shows that have like ten seasons. And so I'm like, I'm, with Better Call Saul, we're on season four. Breaking Bad had five seasons, I think. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to go off the first two seasons of Breaking Bad versus the first two seasons of Better Call Saul, then that's a huge competition, and I might be on your side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the thing I love about Better Call Saul is like, like Breaking Bad had a very like specific character journey. Oh yeah. But I think that Better Call Saul has a much more realistic character journey. No, it does oh yeah. For
1: for Saul Goodman. For Saul
0: Goodman. Yeah. I just think his character is so much more interesting than Walter White, and it doesn't have fucking Skyler in it. Mm. I fucking hated Skylar. Skyler. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> so right. much Skyler and Marie. Mm. God damn it! There's no two characters I hated more in a TV show than those fucking two.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Um, so like, I, I I just I think it's like better filmed. Mm. I think it's better written mm. for Saul's character. I think Saul's conflicts are more interesting than Walter's, and I think generally, I think it's a like generally, I think it's a better show. But I still love Breaking Bad.
1: Oh, I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I got a hot take. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Breaking Bad was that great of a show.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs)
1: That's not a popular opinion. Not at all. But the first three seasons of Breaking Bad, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This ain't nothing messing with this. But then it just became like a a caricature of itself and just trying so hard to appease the large audience that they never thought they were going to have when they started the show. Mm -hmm. But by the season four and five, there was like, oh, shit, there's millions of people watching this every single episode. And it just got way too big. Yeah. It's just more explosions, more meth, more drug deals, you know, more... Jesse, yeah. we got to cook. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just more of that. It just became a caricature of itself by season four and five. Right. And I'm like, it lost what was endearing to me in the season one, yeah. you know, with, oh, man, there's a guy with cancer and the, this, the um the, the, the psychologically studying a man who has the, these situations that he's dealing with. To lose yeah, so, yeah. So forth, yeah. Yeah, so it went from that to what it became. So it's like, I can agree it, with didn't
0: you. Didn't he shoot up Nazis at one point? I like with don't a turret remember. gun, and that was the ending of season five. He like shot up a Nazi stronghold with a turret, and uh, then he got shot.
1: The last, the end, of the end. I remember him being at the in like a uh, the cook room or whatever downstairs, yeah. and he's laying on the floor about he to got, die. Talking, yeah,
0: because he got shot in the stomach. Yeah, um, but I think he was like shoot like earlier than that. he shot. He sh- he shot Nazis at mm. some point. That's that's my point. Yeah, you know, it got so, a little ridiculous. Yeah.
1: So I was like I'm I'm still giving the edge to breaking bad just because Better Call Saul has the opportunity to turn into that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, turn into that that nonsense. But as where it is right now,
0: hell yeah. Yeah, my the it's interesting better. thing about Better Call Saul is that it has an endpoint. Mm. And it's the point that Walter White meets, meets Saul Goodman. Yeah. That is the end point for that show. Yep. And if it goes beyond that, they fucked that up.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like for right now, the trajectory yeah, is to really be better good. than um breaking, breaking bad. I I agree with that. But yeah, that's, that's Better Call Saul. is coming back on Monday, August the 6th, AMC at 9 p.m. Nice. Uh, we got two movies that are coming out this week. Uh, the first one is Christopher Robin. Yep. It's a, a PG movie, 104-minute runtime as an animation adventure comedy. Rundown is a working-class family man, Christopher Robin, encounters his childhood friend, Winnie the Pooh, who helps him to rediscover the joys of life. Director Mark Foster and stars Ewan McGregor. Um,
0: oh fuck I, For some reason I thought that was Dumb Hulk Gleason From oh. over here it's, oh. it's, it's, I forgot it was
1: like even, <laughs> Yeah uh, 0% chance I'll be seeing this whatsoever. Yeah
0: absolutely Zero But Ewan McGregor
1: Yeah Did you ever Did you ever get into winning the poo As a kid
0: I Vaguely I mean yeah. I, it's, I, it's fine Yeah that, that,
1: the donkey seemed cool to me. The like, e- Eeyore, I think his name was. <laughs> yeah, Eeyore. Like, yeah, he seemed, He seemed, I like those kind of vibes. He seemed man. chill. But like Tigger, I'm like, bro. He was you...
0: chill but very depressed. He was a very Eeyore, depressed yeah. donkey. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. what I I can ride with that. Like, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm over, I, I can vibe with you. Yep. But th- th- there was this tiger that the Tigger guy. The Tigger. Like I can't, I can't, can't deal with him. It's
0: like It's Perpetually on
1: coke. Yes. Like yeah. super cool. You're bouncing around everywhere. Yeah. You can't fucking stop. Like I can't. I couldn't even watch the cartoon. You was just doing too much, man. you, you, you ain't vibing with me right.
0: Yeah. He's supposed to represent people like with like. There's a theory that they represent mental disorders, Mm. and like Tigger was representing like ADHD. I can see that, and Igor obviously depression. The rabbit was anxiety. I could, yeah. uh, yes, like yeah. the, the rabbit
1: I could hang out with, yeah. Winnie the Pooh I could hang out with, the damn donkey I could hang yeah. out with, even that little piglet I could hang yeah. out with. Like, everybody was super chill. Christopher Robin was so chill. But yeah. Fucking Tigger, man, and he showed up. He was always everywhere. Ho, 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 bang, bang, ho, everywhere. I'm like, oh, God, get this guy out of here.
0: <laughs> Someone give him a fucking Valium, please. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's that's everyone's, like, favorite character. Like, everybody loves Tigger. And i was like, no, man, nope.
0: <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It's too much for my little brain. <laughs> yeah, you're going to <laughs> <Chill> out, <Taylor>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's Christopher Robin. Uh, the next thing is, um, it's called Eighth Grade. It's rated R, has a 93-minute run time, and it's a comedy, has a 90-meta score early. Yep. Uh, the rundown is an introverted teenage girl tries to survive the last week of her disastrous eighth grade year before leaving to start high school. Director, director Bo
0: Burnham. My boy, Bo mm-hmm. Burnham. That's nice. I'm so excited for yep. this fucking movie. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch it the day it comes out. I'm going to see this, too. I fucking love Bo Burnham, yep. and I think he's a fantastic writer. He's mm. one of the smartest writers and performers that I've seen mm. in a long time, and I am so excited for this he's movie. Super clever. So excited. Yeah. And this is a movie that that is, like, closely, it's, like, close to him, because mm. he, like, he said that he, like, it's, like, the way he dealt with anxiety and all this kind of shit, and yeah. sort of manifested into this movie. So my boy Bo, Hell fucking yeah. go see it. It's really good.
1: There you go.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know if the movie's good, but Bo's really good. So I'm, by extension, I'm giving the movie a pass and saying that it's good until I see it.
1: I'm I'm gonna say it too. I mean, I'm I'm not as huge of a fan of of Bo Burnham as you. I mean, but like, as a matter of fact, I think you might have introduced me to yeah, Bo Burnham in so. uh, in school. You know, but but from everything that I've seen from him, I'm definitely co-signing everything you just said about him. Yeah. And this is a this these are the o- the other things besides that great glorious exp- um, recommendation that you gave, mm-hmm. and that is a comedy that's rated R and it's only 93 minutes, which is another thing <laughs> that I love that you're keeping it around 90 minutes yeah. and rated R. And it has a 90 meta score as a comedy. Yep. Like, you know how difficult that is to have something as tight as 90 minutes be rated R as a comedy and have a 90 meta score before it's released? Like, that's damn near unheard of.
0: It's a pretty fucking good combo. You know,
1: and it's like, it's not, it's not like it's um like Hangover 2, mm-hmm. you know, like Hangover 2. But like, okay, we already know what this is, is a comedy. And then just, you're going to get those higher than uh, what it should be expectations of mm-hmm. scores because of what it is. We don't know what this is. No, nope. you know, so it's like the the people that have seen this, or you know, like the the handful of people that have seen this, not knowing who the starring actors are. They're like not mainstream people. It gives me a lot to believe that this movie is probably right around a ninety as it says. Hell
0: yeah, I'm, I'm into it. it. Yeah, I'm into it. go see that. Absolutely will. Uh, is that it for this week? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yes. Uh, listen, we've talked for a while, so I'm just gonna go ahead and cut it. Uh, thank you guys for listening uh, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS podcast you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast you can find us on iTunes podcast app Google Play Music mm-hmm. and Stitcher under the name for film's sake mm-hmm. my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archilla
1: I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z hey.
0: Hey. and uh, we'll see you next episode yeah. you lovely lovely people thank, thank you for us. listening <laughs> cheers <Wait. laughs> what did you say? <laughs> bye